0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit JDPower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or SleepNumber.com.
1: Hi, welcome to Hollywood Crime Scene. This is Rachel Fisher.
2: Hi, this is Desi Jedekin. What's up, Desi? <laughs> you know, just boycotting Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I think I boycotted Twitter for about 10 hours. Um probably the same but then i felt like it was very boring so the world needed me
1: (laughs) well it was very boring but also i felt like women shouldn't be the ones to have to boycott twitter men should be the ones to be like ladies we'll let you have the site for like a week
2: i just don't even care anymore about anything
1: (laughs) there it is everyone just
2: do what they want
1: (laughs) so uh do you have any Updates
2: this week, no? We want to just get right to it? Sure, let's get to it. Everyone's dying to hear part two, I'm sure. They better be. (laughs) If you haven't
1: heard part one, this is a two-parter episode. Go back, listen to last week's episode, which is Jesse James Hollywood part one, and then listen to this episode, which is Jesse James Hollywood part two. So where we last left off, Jesse uh, James Hollywood was having – dinner uh, at the Outback Steakhouse in Northridge (laughs) with his girlfriend, Michelle Lasher. Meanwhile, Ryan Hoyt, Jesse Rouge, and Graham Presley were with Nick Markowitz at the Lemon Tree Inn in Santa Barbara. Ah, yes, yes. And (laughs) Nick Markowitz was preparing to go home back to the San Fernando Valley where he was going to be returned to his family, and this whole ordeal was supposed to be over. However, that's not what happened at all. Around midnight in the wee hours of August 9, 2000, Ryan Hoyt, Jesse Rouge, Graham Presley, and Nick Markowitz were in the car headed back to the San Inez Mountains. Nick, of course, thought he was going to be transported back to his home in West Hills. But things started looking grim when the car pulled up to the secluded area off the 154 highway. Graham Presley, who was 17 years old, he stayed in the car and Jesse Rouge and Ryan Hoyt led Nick up toward a boulder known as Lizard's Mouth. This was where the grave that they had dug earlier was. Nick was then duct taped on his wrists and his mouth and his ankles and Ryan Hoyt proceeded to whack Nick on the head with a shovel before he was shoved into the shallow grave. Ryan then pointed the tech nine at Nick, blasting nine bullets into his chest, neck, chin, and stomach. Nick was dead. What? (laughs) Just kidding. Um, No, this is really fucking sad. Um, I mean, we're laughing because of my delivery of that line. (laughs) Not because this is a horrible fucking tragedy. Um, So Nick was then covered with branches and the three guys left the scene.
2: Literally the worst thing I would never do is go to a grave. Like I would I would just be I think that every time I see it in a movie where they like make the person dig the grave or something. Right. that's where I'd be like, fuck you, I'm not spending my last few moments on Earth.
1: I mean I know that Nick
2: didn't dig this right then. But it's just like to go to I don't know, like
1: Well, this whole case, I mean there's so there's so many reasons that make this story so tragic. One of them being that this boy, that he was a boy, he was a child, this young boy, he really thought he was going to be okay. Right. And he really did think that he was going along with all of this stuff just to get the heat off of his brother. He didn't want to cause problems for his older brother. This is someone he really looked up to. He trusted these guys. He befriended some of them. He even had a little love interest with one of the associates, uh, one of the younger girls who was hanging out with
2: all of them, Natasha. Well it's also like people when they get killed for five dollar robbery or something. You really don't think people are gonna kill for such a small amount of money and even though this is more than five dollars, it still was like It was twelve hundred dollars.
1: It's the whole thing.
2: You think you might get your ass kicked, right? Like
1: Right. But they I mean it, it, it just goes to show like just the sheer tragedy of this whole event. So Ryan Hoyt and Jesse Rouge then dropped Graham Presley back at the Lemon Tree Inn where he stayed until around 6 a.m. His mother Christina later recalled that when he finally came home, he was visibly shaken and she knew that something was wrong with him. Ryan and Jesse Rouge then returned to the valley. Jesse Hoyt, excuse me, um, Jesse Rouge gave Ryan some money for completing the job. It was about $400 that he gave him and I guess his debt To Jesse James Hollywood was then taken care of because he killed uh, Nick Markowitz. And Ryan Hoyt took the money and went on a little shopping spree, which talk about a grim shopping montage, that would be. Ryan's 21st birthday was the next day on August 10th, and to celebrate, him and his boys partied it up at Casey Sheelan's house. Now, Casey Sheelan was the owner of the car that was used in this job right. to kill Nick. Casey later told police that he remembers Ryan drunkenly talking about the murder in an incredibly cavalier manner and that it hadn't appeared to sink in for him yet. So this fucking asshole Ryan Hoyt not only does he go on a little shopping spree with the money he gets immediately after he kills a guy but then he goes and lives it up and has throws a party for himself for his 21st birthday with all his boys and he's just drunkenly talking about yeah i just killed a kid it was really fucking badass like i mean just what a terrible human being so um on saturday august 12th nick's body was found by a group of hikers the summer heat had worked hard to decompose nick's body and it took two days for police to identify him Detectives managed to match his fingerprint to a record from when Nick had been arrested for weed a year prior. And when Natasha, that was the girl that Nick had sort of developed a crush on while he was right. being kidnapped. When Natasha saw Nick's photo in the local newspaper the next day, she broke down. Because she, she really was like, this is the girl who was really getting on, Jesse Rouge. Like, you promise he's going to be Okay. Talking to the, her friend Graham Presley, right. you promise Nick's going to be okay. This is all going to be over. This is all just a stupid fucking game. I mean, she was really concerned, and she's also the one who we talked about in last week's episode. Her mom, um, she was going to get tell her mom everything, right. but didn't end up telling her mom. She just told her mom kind of vaguely, and her mom was like, "If that's if your friend is in trouble, you need to go to the police." But if, but she didn't go to the police. She just confronted the boys so but Natasha when she saw Nick's photo in the local newspaper saying that he was dead that was obviously she was horrified and heartbroken and furious so first she confronted Jesse who allegedly said to her it's not what you think which I don't know what kind of a response that is like, what do you mean it's not what I think? It right. says he's dead. It says they found his dead body. What, could they, what, is it, what does that right. mean? Is he, are you weekend at burnies Seeing him? Like, is he really not dead? Like, It's a prank. It's a prank? Yeah. <laughs> what is this? So then she went to her mom's law office and told them. And by 4 p.m., she was spilling the entire story to detectives, including giving the names of people, the addresses. I mean, she was giving details to these people, to the detectives. On August 16th, arrests were being made. The first arrest was Jesse Rouge. Next was William Skidmore, who was involved in the kidnapping. And the next was Graham Presley. And finally, Ryan Hoyt was arrested. And when the guys all sat down with detectives, they all pointed the fingers at each other. They were telling conflicting stories, but they were talking. They were absolutely talking. Now, Ryan Hoyt did not ask for a lawyer. And he denied any involvement with Nick's kidnapping. He wanted detectives to know that he had nothing to do with the kidnapping from the moment that Nick was beaten and put in the van down to restraining him with the duct tape at Lizard's mouth. The only thing I did was kill him, he said. <laughs> Which, if you're going to try and claim the moral high ground, I feel like you can't end it with the only thing I did with kill him. Like, that's right. some kind of a... I've never
2: heard that said with the only thing I did before it right <laughs> that's what i'm saying it's like, like i just really those two that- phrases do not go together ever no like he's trying to claim some like
1: you know i'm such an upstanding guy like i look i didn't kidnap him i didn't beat him up i didn't take him and hold him hostage or duct tape him all i did was kill him Jeez, what do you want from yeah. me
2: so it's bizarre but yeah. these people
1: are very dumb right they're not smart Meanwhile, Jesse James Hollywood had drained $24,000 from his bank account and took off with Michelle Lasher, who was his girlfriend, to Las Vegas. By the time Jack Hollywood got in touch with his son, Jesse and Michelle were headed to Colorado. Now, Jesse and his family had lived in Colorado a few years back in the 90s, so Jesse had some connections there. Jack called up his friend, Jesse's godfather, a man named Richard Dispenza, who lived in Colorado Springs to tell him that Jesse was headed that way and that he was in trouble. So keep an eye out for him. Right. Jesse and Michelle wound up staying with Richard and the next day, Michelle would end up getting back on a flight to LA. And Jesse checked into a Ramada in Colorado Springs. When police questioned Richard Dispenza, he lied and later on was given three years probation for harboring a fugitive. On August twentieth, Jesse got in touch with a childhood friend, Chaz Salisbury, who drove Jesse back to Los Angeles. And on the drive, Jesse just starts spilling to Chaz about the whole story. He tells him everything. He's like, Yeah, I killed that we killed this guy, like this is what I'm in trouble for.
2: So there's a lot of talking right? going These on. These people are so dumb. Like this is when I always get really mad with criminals and I realize <laughs> I should be happy they get caught. But it's like if you're going to go there, <laughs> like, at least keep your fucking mouth shut. They're, like, like, they're not very smart at no. all. It's a combination of stupidity but also wanting to brag. And arrogance. Like, yeah. It's and just, arrogance. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They're just not good people all around. So Jesse returned to West Hills and went to John Roberts' house. Now, if you remember, John Roberts was the family friend with the kind of shady past, friend of his father's. And Jesse goes to John Roberts' house because he's looking for a fake ID. (coughs) A week later, a SWAT team busted into John Roberts' house, but Jesse was nowhere to be found. He was put on the FBI's most wanted list, and a $50,000 award was offered to anyone with any information Info on Jesse's whereabouts.
2: Really? Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, but for this crime, I wouldn't think that that would be an FBI's most wanted. Well, they killed a kid. I, I know, but a lot of people are murdered every day. I, right? I don't know. I'm just curious what makes it... Maybe, was it the kidnapping?
1: It might have been because it was a high, became a high-profile case because it was so crazy. It was. Like I don't a know bunch enough about kids. it
2: to know what makes you an FBI's most wanted. Well,
1: I feel like probably because it, this happened... In the suburbs, in like a pretty affluent, rich, white sort right. of community, and these were such young kids that people just really thought of them as boys, and you know it was a fifteen-year-old <coughs> kid that was killed, and I, I guess that's my guess as to why, right. because it. Did well, I'm be- wondering
2: if there is a real th- a threshold you have to meet. To get an FBI, yeah, wanted. like I was wondering. I'm wondering if the kidnapping makes it a federal crime rather than a state. Do you I know what I mean? Like it was because the of the torture and kidnapping, or something.
1: It was because of the kidnapping and holding a bounty for him, right. holding ransom, because essentially right. the kidnapping. So that's what I'm thinking.
2: Because lots of murders happen, right? Right, right. So, um,
1: uh, so <laughs> sorry, I just did something very sexual to Desi right now. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. I don't either.
2: <laughs> she silenced me. I'm sorry. Shut <laughs> fuck up. <laughs> um,
1: okay. So, um, so he has this FBI. The FBI is looking for him. $50,000 bounty on his head. In November 2001, Ryan Hoyt was sentenced to death. And he's still alive and on death row in San Quentin. So justice was served there, whether or not you believe in capital punishment, he's going to be locked up forever. He's not getting out.
2: And in California, he probably won't be put to he death. He won't
1: be put to death, but I guess they so were able... So he's the one who
2: said, that's the the only thing I did was kill him, right? Yes. Okay. And so that's w- why he went through pretty fast.
1: Yeah, he went through pretty fast. He even actually during his trial, he tried to deny that he killed him. He tried to like back up, but they're like, no, we have your testimony. Right. You didn't ask for a lawyer. like this So he is... fucked himself over. He totally fucked himself over. But you know what? Fuck him. He deserves I it. I don't care. Yeah. yeah, he's a fucking loser. Uh, Jesse Rouge <clears throat> was charged with aggravated kidnapping and was sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole. And in 2013, his parole was granted and he has been out of prison ever since. He served 11 years. So, Jesse Rouge has been a free man for the last four years. Wow. Which is crazy when you think about it. Like, I didn't know he was just walking around. Right. Like, he didn't kill him, but he fucking killed him. He saw Entourage in the theater. (laughs) And that's the real tragedy. Um, William Skidmore was sentenced to nine years in prison, but released in 2009 after serving just seven years. And Graham Presley, who was the youngest... Was sent to a California youth authority where he remained incarcerated until he was 25. I actually, um, I actually found his Twitter account while I was searching, but it was private, so it was lost. His
2: tweets are protected. His,
1: his <laughs> tweets are protected. Um, I'm sure Graham is like beyond traumatized. Like, right? I don't even want to go into whatever. I just, I can't even imagine being 17 years old and being swept up in all that and thinking because he didn't think they were going to kill him he was among the kids that were involved the young you know the kids under 18 that were involved that had no idea and he just got he was totally swept up in this um i mean those are the details we have we don't actually mean who knows what could have really gone down but we do know that he did stay in the car during the actual murder so in the movie alpha dog they portray him you know it's just this silly 17 year old stoner kid who knows that Nick Markowitz is about to be killed but doesn't do anything to stop it but can't watch it so he goes back in the car so you don't feel that bad for him because right. you're like
2: he didn't do anything to stop it
1: right um even though you know he's like probably traumatized and terrified because yeah. this guy has a also imagine being
2: stoned Oh and my gosh,
1: dude! I mean, I'm not going to pretend to know exactly what was going through this kid's head. Um, it's traumatizing. So the Markowitzes were awarded 11 million dollars in a civil suit for the death of their son. So they definitely got a lot. Of oh, I
2: understand. What? <laughs> now I understand. Now you Sorry. understand. Okay, go. Yeah, Sorry. They, they they
1: yeah they got a lot of um a money for for the pain they went through and we're, we're going to talk about the aftermath
2: but how, who did they get money from uh, like the aftermath they yeah they got okay we're, yeah we're talking they, the markowitzes we'll got
1: money in the civil suit uh from different families involved okay so they got 11 million dollars but where was jesse james hollywood the mastermind behind all of this well jesse was in brazil Soaking up the sun and going by the name of Michael Costa Drew, which I feel like he couldn't have picked a douchier Also, name. why
2: three names?
1: Because he's a <laughs> douchebag. I mean, he thinks he's a teen heartthrob from the late 90s. Um, or, you know, he or Miguel or Mike, as his neighbors in Brazil would call him. He was living in a little surf beach town called... I'm going to butcher this. I'm very sorry for all of our Brazilian listeners. Uh, Sacarima with his Brazilian girlfriend and two dogs. And this town wasn't that far from Rio de Janeiro. It was around there. According to his neighbors, he mostly kept a low profile in town, save for a few domestic altercations he had with his girlfriend. Surprise, (laughs) surprise. He also had domestic uh, violence problems. And he also got in some bar fights. He was known, which also, surprise, surprise. um, He told people in town that he was working as an English tutor, but he was actually living off of $1,200 a month his dad was sending him, which I found that amount ironic because that is the amount that was owed to him by uh, Ben Markowitz. So I, I don't know. That seemed a little grim to me for some reason. So he's living with this woman, And uh, meanwhile, you know, the FBI, they're on his case and they start speculating to where he could have been. Right. Um, And they got the idea that he could have uh, skipped town and gone to Brazil, you know, uh, because uh, they had known other criminals who had fled to Brazil before. It's a nice tropical place there's gorgeous girls it's it's out of the country they can hide out it's not expensive to live there at least i assume on 1200 dollars a month it said he was living comfortably right so the fbi was, was starting to get tips and um authorities had determined that after the murder jesse had made his way down to rio de janeiro with a fake canadian passport The FBI had been allegedly also monitoring phone calls between Jesse and his father, Jack, before they were able to locate him because, like I said before, Jesse and his family were still very much keeping in contact with each other. His dad was sending him money to live there. Um, Meanwhile, back in West Hills, Nick's mother, Susan, was rightfully suffering and going through a really really awful time her son had been murdered and in this highly publicized case she has to live through this and over the next few few years she would fall into a deep depression and attempted suicide 13 times shit yeah so she was not obviously not in a happy place when jesse rouge was granted parole in 2013 she she spoke out against that she did not like that she's like you know fuck you you helped kill my son you go away forever. Like I have to live with this forever. I can't even imagine yeah. what that would be like. But she went to all of the hearings, she went to all the trials. She wanted to see it go down. She wanted to make sure that these people who were responsible for her son's death were getting the justice that they they deserved.
0: Quality sleep is essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Only at Sleep
1: Number Stores or SleepNumber.com. So Ben Markowitz eventually ended up, he was arrested once after the murders for a separate, like a drunk driving thing, uh-huh. I think. Um, but he eventually did get his life back on track. He got a job, he got married, and him and his wife ended up having a son. And that's really all the information I could find on his life after all of this. right. So, in March of two thousand five, Jesse and his girlfriend headed to a cafe in town to meet up with Jesse's cousin, who had called and said that she was in town. Except, this was not his cousin; <laughs> it was actually a Brazilian federal agent. So, he was fucking busted. Marcia Race, who this is the name of Jesse's girlfriend, was like, "Wait a minute, you can't arrest him.
2: I'm pregnant with his child." Does she know that that's not how it works? <laughs> <laughs> well is that a brazilian law that i'm unfamiliar
1: with jesse was actually under the impression that he couldn't be extradited <clears throat> to america if he had a child with somebody oh okay. which isn't true right but she went for it she's like that that's my son like this is his son this yeah. is his son he needs to stay here but they're like no actually we're taking him back to america and they did and and this woman uh marcia was six months pregnant at the time and she had no fucking idea about Jesse James Hollywood and the murder. She really just thought this guy was Michael Costa Giroux. But
2: why did she think? Why did she know about that? He couldn't be extradited if she was pregnant. That like, was, what did I, he tell her? That
1: was his plan.
2: Okay, getting her pregnant. I know, but she said you said that she said you can't take him. I'm pregnant. I guess she said that after the fact. Oh, I see. After she
1: found out. Okay, but she didn't know. When he was being arrested. So even
2: after she found out, then she was still like, well, it's too late. I'm in love. <laughs> I'm
1: sorry. I don't right, know. Right. <laughs> okay.
2: So she's an idiot.
1: <laughs> so Jesse um, was taken back to California where he was booked at the Santa Barbara County Jail. This is the same jail. This is the time when he would be in jail with my ex-boyfriend slash drug dealer. Uh, this is how I found out about who this guy was in the first place was Um, one of the many times I picked him up at the Santa Barbara County jail, um, back in my drug days. And at that, around that time, Alpha Dog had gone into production, um, before actually Alpha Dog had gone into production before Jesse was captured. But of course, after he was captured, there was a lot of buzz surrounding the pending release of this movie. And I remember talking about it in Santa Barbara back in 2006 before the movie came out with my people like, Oh, would you hear this story? This kid, like this yeah. kid got murdered here, right here in town. He was a drug deal. Oh, I know him. Oh, I sold him drugs once. Like, da-da. I mean, it was like, it was buzzing. It, and, um, and, and it became actually the pending release of the movie was actually pretty controversial at the time because Ron Zonin, who was the prosecutor for this case was accused of collaborating with the filmmakers in an attempt to capture Jesse James Hollywood, Now, Zonin did cooperate with the filmmakers, but he was not paid for his services. Um, And Jesse's lawyer actually tried to stop the release of the film because he was like, this is going to taint the jury if they see this and they know he's this bad guy. But the judge denied the request, and the film ended up being released in theaters across the country in January of 2007. Now, when I... Just a side note, I don't know if I mentioned before, like I thought I had seen, I guess I didn't see this movie before I got sober. I guess I would have had to have seen it after I got sober. I just, I guess I, what I'm remembering is that we talked a lot about the movie being released, but it was really, it did, the movie did come out, uh, in Sundance a year prior, but it didn't get right. a wide release until January of 2007. So um, Jesse James Hollywood, he pleaded not guilty to the murder of Nick Markowitz. Pretty bold. But the jury was like, no, I don't think so. And in July of 2009, Jesse was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. In a 2009 letter to the Santa Barbara Independent, Susan Markowitz, she penned like an open letter of sorts to the, this local Santa Barbara newspaper, And she said, Jesse James Hollywood should have been charged with two murders, mine as well as my son's, which, you know, obviously highlighting the incredible amount of grief that this woman has had to go through. Um, And I read read the whole letter that she wrote. It was really um, obviously heartbreaking. And I think it's interesting because you don't, you know, you hear so much about the details of the serial killer's life or the murderer's life or what they're up to, but you don't often hear in these stories about the effects sort of the intricate details and the intimate details of the family's effects afterwards so it was very kind of chilling to read this letter that she had written um detailing her struggle after because like you know logically you're like oh it must have been awful for the family right but But to hear
2: it broken down
1: to hear it really broken down where she's like i've attempted suicide 13 times i've been hospitalized i have full-blown alcoholism like my whole life is real, like, I'll never get to see my son grow up I'll never You know, yeah, this is a broken human being rightfully. So, um, so that was pretty fucking heavy to read. Uh, needless to say, here's something that's a little lighter, uh, and more ridiculous that I've been wanting to talk to you about all week. Desi, um, on January 19th, 2014, Jesse James Hollywood married Melinda Anos This is a woman that he had been exchanging letters with from prison since 2013. They had a small ceremony at the Calipatria State Prison in California. Now, Melinda had been following Jesse's saga since he was on the run. She had actually seen him on an episode of America's Most Wanted, which, by the way, has to be one of the worst places to look for a husband, in
2: my opinion. It's worse than (laughs) Tinder.
1: almost worse (laughs) than tinder um and she was like oh my god that guy's so fucking cute she also (sighs) like who are these women i'm so angry (laughs) this made me so angry because this isn't even an unusual fucking story this is like every single fucking high profile murder ends up getting some woman or multiple women who are in love with you like
2: people with damage you think you're gonna (laughs) change them and make them happy but come like if they're in prison First of all, if
1: they're in prison, A, because you can't see them, especially if it's life without the possibility of parole, and B, because they murdered a fucking child. I just. It's like I can't even wrap. It's like I could wrap my head around it more if it was like he was in prison for drug charges that were nonviolent. But that he would be out one day? But he'd be out one day. Right. And also just the moral factor of it that like I could never. Like. As a sober woman, as a woman who is healthy today, I could never see myself falling for someone who fucking murdered someone.
2: No. And no no dick is is that good. No dick is worth (laughs) it. And I bet this guy didn't even have a big dick. No, he sucks. You know he sucks in bed. Oh my God. There's just no way. He doesn't eat ass. We don't know that before
1: ass eating was popular. But that's what I'm saying. It's like he's been locked up for so long. He doesn't eat ass he doesn't know how to eat pussy he's just not a good guy all around to fuck or to commit holy matrimony with right
2: but what happened to the brazilian
1: girlfriend she had his baby she did have the baby
2: uh what an idiot
1: sorry (laughs) seriously
2: i just can't believe it so
1: um melinda agreed to do an interview with the uh santa barbara independent the same newspaper that nick markowitz's mom uh did the interview with it's a fucking beautiful interview i'm gonna read some excerpts from it because mm-hmm. just this we need to break down the psychology and how old is this woman or was
2: she when this oh, happened like early 20s or no, no. oh she, no she's older because she
1: <laughs> <laughs> because during, um, okay, let me just, let me just finish okay. the rest of this and then we're going to read it. Okay, so uh, Melinda, she'd been following the saga. She falls in love. So Melinda and Jesse first met face-to-face in June of 2013 and she said it was love at first sight. Of course. Now at this time she was living in Oakland. So the drive to see Jesse was nine hours. Nine hours. She drove to see this guy. Wait,
2: wait, wait. Oakland to Santa Barbara?
1: no uh
2: calipateria oh i thought you said she was in Oakland. that's where the prison is this isn't in oh, santa barbara okay 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 yeah so she drove somewhere to oakland no she drove
1: she lived in oakland and she was driving down to this prison in calipateria where the hell is that um i didn't look it up because oh, okay. i fucking forgot so it must
2: be like it's like it's like far okay so it's nine hours away it's nine hours away by <laughs> car okay i got confused um it's an imp- i was like how okay. stupid is she that it took her that long to drive from
1: it's in Im- <laughs> imperial county I, f- I think that's like east of san diego or something okay it's fucking far yeah it's by san diego look right got it it's far yeah she's driving down she was making this nine hour drive every single weekend what no dick is worth that and she wasn't even getting dick she wasn't even getting fucked she was just going there and she was she's talking about in the interview how gross and smelly it was and in the middle of nowhere it was and she'd stay at a motel and bum fuck nowhere and then just
2: drive back look it's not like she thought it was going to be different <laughs> like what is she complaining about dude this woman i swear dude, to God. i literally want to kick her ass that's how how angry i am at her.
1: so she ends up moving later on to orange county eventually because the drive was much shorter so that's a good, great reason to just uproot your whole fucking life. Right. By the way, this woman has a 19-year-old daughter. Oh. And that's what she said in the interview, but she would not say her age because the lady never tells. According to the picture, she looks about, I guess, like in her mid-30s, but I, I don't know. I, I have no idea. I feel like she must be older
2: than that because by this point, Jesse was... If you're things- in your mid-30s, you're not, not saying your age, right? If you have a 19-year-old daughter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're saying your age I feel like So I don't know how old this woman was But in the interview The interview of her is like very uh, Is very annoying She's very irritating Like every other sentence It's in brackets Laughs Like she's giggling Like a schoolgirl right. Talking so to the newspaper She's through.
2: stunted emotionally Clearly
1: She's very much She obviously thinks that Jesse is innocent mm-hmm. And that he got a very unfair sentence I did my research, she said.
2: Of course.
1: She also thinks um, that it's unfair that the DA, quote, helped make
2: Alpha Dog. So she
1: thinks it's a big oh. conspiracy.
2: She sounds like she's just repeating whatever he said to her.
1: Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, I mean, and in, in the interview, she goes on to talk about, you know, we talk about his childhood, and he's just such a nice guy. He's really smart. Mm-hmm. Um, And Melinda is confident that her husband, Jesse, is a good guy. She swears up and down he's a really good guy, IRL. Um, She believes everything about him is fake news. It's not like he's Scott Peterson, she said.
2: There's hierarchy in (laughs) murders.
1: Like, no, he is not. So um,
2: this is a quote. I think that we should let him out (laughs) and then he could Scott Peterson.
1: (laughs) sorry (laughs) this was my favorite quote from the interview with her this was about their wedding day oh and he wrote his own vows he's very smart he uses all these big words and sometimes i have to look them up laughs it was so heartfelt one of my friends at the wedding was crying and his family all say that they've never
2: seen him so happy i'm sure her friend was crying (laughs) like i don't doubt that (laughs)
1: That's what I was thinking. I was like, "Yeah."
2: People are who talks like? Who says? I I mean, I just can't even imagine someone being impressed by big words. Like, sorry. that's like the dumbest thing you can say. It's honestly, it's honestly really tragic. So here,
1: um, here was another. Here's some other quotes. I just want to read some of these okay. interview questions because they were so good. Um, so uh, this was my other one. So this is the interviewer saying. So do you have conjugal visits? Uh, Miranda, uh, wait, what's her name again? Is it Melinda? Melinda, I think. Is it? <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, I mean she's a Melinda. She is a. It is Melinda Enos. Enos. A- Anis. Anis. It's <laughs> Melinda Enos. Okay, so uh, the newspaper asks, asks her, "Do you have conjugal visits?" And she says, "No, but it doesn't bother me. He knows I care for him, and I'm a hundred percent there for him." Just because you're in prison doesn't mean you can't have love or give love. A person deserves love no matter what. It's like that Rihanna song. We found love in a hopeless place. <laughs> God damn. Which, if you've seen that Rihanna music video, I feel like it's a very much like satirical sort of finding love in a hopeless place. It's like two junkies running around town. Right. I don't know.
2: I mean, people will romanticize anything. Yeah. I, I just to? can't believe how desperate people are for a boyfriend. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just so grateful.
1: Um, okay, Lou, I want to read some more of these. Um, how does Jesse like to spend his time? Ugh. He reads a lot. He recently read Mike Tyson's book, another great role model there, and Paradise Lost, and one of the Menendez brothers' books. He also watches TV. Comedy like Arsenio Hall What What year is this (laughs) (laughs) That's what I said Like It's 2014 in this interview Where is he watching Arsenio Hall (sighs) He goes to bed early and wakes up early And programs running Exercising working out all the time Uh, This one's really good too The newspaper says I assume you weren't the first woman to write Jesse Does he stay in contact with the other ladies Melinda he has had a lot of women interested, but he dropped them all on his own. Laughs. I never asked for names or anything. A while ago, he said he had started to cut them off because he fell for me.
2: I don't buy that.
1: This woman needs to go get help, seriously, and go see a therapist because no dick is fucking worth this. And she, and like I said before, she's not even getting the dick. Yeah. So whether or not she's even fucking someone on the side and getting hers, which whatever, that's not even the point. The point is, is that she's romantically hung up on this asshole.
2: I mean, part of me is trying to see the positive here and I feel like, well, at least she's not letting a man abuse her in person. Like at least he's not able to do like she, if she wasn't with him, she she'd would be with be. some b- guy who would be like beating her up or stealing all her money probably. Like, right. So at least she's kind of safe from herself. Right. In a way. Okay. I mean, and that's she, my silver lining. That's the best I can do. I'm sorry. That really is the best thing. I mean,
1: she bought him his own wedding band. It was a hundred dollar band because apparently you're not allowed to have more than a hundred dollar piece of jewelry in prison. I guess. Um, she had to buy
2: her own wedding band, of right. course. So prison really is keeping her from doing stupid things.
1: This is true. This is a silver lining See, I have not looked at before. This is,
2: this is what you get when you talk to an abused child. They're always looking <laughs> for how to make a situation better.
1: And the most dour fucking It's like my pathetic. one skill.
2: My one skill. Oh my
1: God. No, but she... Um, there's a picture of the two of them together. She has really crazy, crazy eyebrows. Um, so I, I definitely am going to post that on our Instagram this week. Here's a, here's a picture of them together. I'm showing this to Desi.
2: Oh, she's not horrible looking. No, but she does look insane. She, she has a look in her eyes. He's not that hot.
1: Oh well, he's got God. a receding hairline now, and he's sort of like. Here's the thing. It's like I, my,
2: my, I can't look if you're a a murderer you need to be fucking hot for me to go to prison (laughs) like do you know what i mean like right like if jesse james hollywood was like a really cool stand-up
1: guy i'd be like oh he's an attractive guy but because i know he's such a piece of shit i'm like no way right well yeah it's not like right like and she just as a woman i get really angry when other women make such stupid fucking choices like this well because
2: it affects everyone it does it affects affect all women. It does affect all When you let of that us. shit go on, it makes the guys think that it's acceptable. Same way when you fake an orgasm. That guy goes <laughs> out into the world and he thinks he knows how to make a woman come. And everyone's too afraid to say something. And he just keeps going about his business. Being bad at eating <laughs> pussy. So it's like, it does no good for any. You have to think of fellow women in these situations. Right. And also, it's for men. They need to get better at eating pussy. They need to be better people. And if right. they're not going to ever learn, I mean, it's like we don't need to be their moms propping them up and sending them money in Brazil. <laughs>
1: like, do you know what I mean? Like, right. Because she like, is sending him cards and letters and stuff all the
2: time. And I'm sure he's not even doing half of the work. Of course he loves her. It's hard to find a woman that stupid. Like, right. he, I mean, he's not getting any other offers. I'm sure. He, but you know what? I think he is getting other offers and he has all these chicks on the side who are sending him shit. So you think he's has other women and he's lying to her?
1: Yeah, because I do think there's other women as stupid as her. Because they fall in love Maybe. with Charles Manson. They yeah. fall in love with whoever. I mean, I'm sure they're not going after Ed Kemper, but they're going after... Oh,
2: he's still available? I'm just <laughs> he is because I Googled him last night. <laughs> Did you see him in the promo for that Mind Hunter series? Brandon and I were watching it last night,
1: and as soon as he came on screen, I got a little too excited. I was like, oh, "It's that Kemper! It's that Kemper!" He's like, "Who is that?" I'm like, "Just listen to what he did. He <laughs> fucked heads." And he yeah, anyway, it's he, a he's sickness. He's an insane person. He's insane. Um, okay. I mean, that's really it. That's the story
2: of Jesse James Hollywood. So he's married now in prison. He's va- He's not available, ladies. He's off the market. Sorry. I'm sure you'll find some other sociopath. <laughs>
1: There's plenty of them on Twitter. (laughs) Um, Okay. All right. That's it. Bye. Bye.